Okay, good morning, Rabbi Sai. Agatavach. We're going to uh, speak about a very important subject today. We're interrupting our regular, regularly scheduled broadcast, a regular scheduled shear on Sefer uh, Shaina Halachais. We know now is uh, the Zman of the year. It's a shtikel bein hazmanim now. Yeshiva week. When I was a kid, there's no such thing as Yeshiva week. Maybe on, maybe they gave off on a Friday towards the end, like the Achos Hayomim, when the end of my Yeshiva, maybe they gave off on one Friday. Anyway, what is this Indian of Yeshiva week? What is the concept of Bein Azmanim? You know, there's a famous Tshuva Negrois Moshe in Yardea Chela Gimelson Peydalet. Rabbi Moshe was asked, should students be given off on Sunday? When I said, it's, no, it's Aser. It's Aser to give off on Sunday. Prohibited. I'm talking about for boys. I'm talking about Lashen, uh, Limur Kaidash. I mean, give off. Give off? Torah is Kihim Chayinu V'Erech Yameinu. Every day is an entity unto itself. Every day has to be infused with Chiyos. So Moshe says, to give children off on a Sunday is antithetical to Chinuch. What, what are we telling them? That on Sunday you don't have to learn Torah? In the Sefer Shvivar, I'm reading to you now from the Sefer Igeres Leben Taira, written by Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef from uh, about uh, the Hashkafa of Rabbi Vadya. He brings from Rabbi Pesach Frank. He said that people who on vacation they go, they need to go swimming. They need to make sure that as they're making their body healthier, they have to make sure they're not weakening their soul. So therefore, you need to chacham levikach mitzvos. That you should make sure you have with you at all times the Sefer Ketsoy Sachoshan. So that when you have a minute here, a minute there, you're not being Mavato from your Limud. Or a different Sefer. Because you can't have a day that you let the mind go by idle. By the way, that's a very good Hanhaga in general. That if a person is not able to learn and they have to go out, they should always have a Sefer on them. You're at a Chuppah. You should always have a safe with you. Now, it doesn't mean I see people, they bring in their chasen shas, you know, and they're sitting there at the chuppah. Nobody said you have to advertise what you're doing. They also have pocket size. You can make a photocopy and keep it in your pocket. But the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is a mitzvah that devolves and rests on a person throughout the day, always. And uh, therefore, whenever a person goes on any trip, they always have to have a safer on them. That's like... It's not a chumrah. It's not a chumrah. I, I remember I once asked Rosh Hashiva, is it Yuhara, is it Gaiva, at a chuppah or at a trip to have a sefer? Is that Gaiva? We know that there's a concept that if other people are not doing something, for you to stand out and to do it, it's arrogant. So is it considered arrogant to have, to have a sefer with you to learn at a time when other people are just wasting their time? So of course it's not Gaiva. Ga- Yuhara is something that's not an outright obligation. You know, something that's a chumrah, you don't do when other people are not doing it in their presence. That's the concept of uh, yuhara. Yuhara is a mili de chasidah, something which is a pious practice. Other people are not doing it, you don't do it in their presence. But Talmud Torah is a mitzvah dairaisa. It's a mitzvah hagisavayamavalayla. Okay, you have to go to a chuppah. It doesn't mean you have to sit batel for 45 minutes while, you know, every third cousin is walking down the aisle and they're playing, you know, Uncle Moshe music. Why do you have to waste your life? Because they've 
held you hostage in this in this hall. So no, nobody said you have to take out the, the you know a massive volume to base Yosef. But you don't have to be mevatel zman. He brings that if somebody during Ben Azman was traveling to the ocean, so go what you need for your own health. But uh, aside from that, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is at all times. So the question is, what exactly then is the purpose of Ben Azmanim? If the most important mitzvah in the Torah is Talmud Torah, to give off a designated amount of time, say, okay, go home and eat and do, I don't know what, what would the tachlis of Ben Hazmanim be? So here are a few important things to think about. I want to present you with a very important question. There are many mitzvahs in the Torah that the Torah does not obligate you to do. For example, donating to the Mishkan. It says, Me'ez kolish asher yidvenu libay. So Beryl, he's a generous guy. He's giving a lot of gold to the Arayim. Fival, he's a stingy guy. He's not giving anything. Question, are you supposed to give money to the Mishkan or you're not supposed to give money to the Mishkan? If you're supposed to, everyone should give. You're not supposed to, then no one should give. Why, why is the Torah leaving it up to your personal discretion? Or a Nazir? Should a person be a Nazir or should a person not be a Nazir? Do you have to be a Nazir? Do you not have to be a Nazir? If you have to be a Nazir, Vaidaber Hashem Amoshe Aleymar, Sadis B'nei Yisrael, V'yiyu Nazirim. And if it's not a good thing, then Hashem Shalom Moshe tell people not to be a Nazir. But other Yadir, what is this thing? Here, there's something called a Nazir. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. And most notably, there's something called a Nadava, a Karban Nadava. Harei Olai Oila. A Nadir, a Nadava. Is a person supposed to bring a carbon adava or not? If you're supposed to, there should be a command, everyone should bring a carbon adava. And if you're not supposed to, Hashem should say, nobody should bring. What are these mitzvahs that are left up to your personal discretion? Any, anyone have any thoughts about that? What do you say, Mayor? Why are there mitzvahs in the Torah that are just up to your discretion? Either you, sh- either you should have to do them or you should not have to do them. But what's the idea that there are mitzvahs that Hashem says, if you want to do it, you could do it. So the stipler wrote a sefer on Chumash called Birchas Paras. My uncle, let's see, Hershang, bought this for me. In Tavshin Samach Zayin. That's what, 16 years ago? Yeah. The stipler says a very important idea. And that is, the concept that there are mitzvahs in the Torah that you're not obligated to do is Yisoyed Gadol Hasagas Ahavas Hashem. Because we know there's a mitzvah in the Torah to love Hashem. So he said, Hey you! Love Hashem! Right now! Well, what am I supposed to do? Well, we know the Rambam tells us that the way to come to the love of Hashem is by thinking about Hashem's greatness, or the Chavos HaBaba says that a person comes to Avas Hashem by thinking about all the kindness that Hashem does for us. But what about somebody who is not that focused and his mind is a little bit clouded and his heart is clouded and he doesn't have the capacity to come to Avas Hashem by studying creation and by studying all the kindness Hashem does to us. How does a person come to love Hashem? Love Hashem! 
Either I do or I don't. How, how do you tell a person to love Hashem? Says the stipler, we have to take the advice of Masil Sisharim. Masil Sisharim says, what about somebody who's not that Zariz? He's a little bit lazy. I don't know anybody like that personally, but I heard there's some people, it's hard for them to come to shul or to come to learning or to drag themselves out. What about somebody that's not feeling a draw to Fravadis Hashem? So Masil Sisharim says that even though feeling is not within our control, action is within our control. And Masil Sisharim brings the great principle, it's called Hachitsoinios Ma'ireres Es Hapnimios. Outer actions stir the inner being. So if you don't really love to daven, you know what you should do? You should run to shul. And when your mind and your heart feels yourself running to shul, the way the psychology of that is, if I'm doing external actions, if I'm doing external actions that seem to be zrizus, it will inspire zrizus within me. So now, you know, the question is, you know, should a person shuckle when they daven? You know, sometimes people get really revved up. Maybe they should. If they're trying to stir their lave and their neshama, then the external actions will fire up their inner being. It's called chitsoinios ma'ireres eshapnimios. It's a very important tachbula in Avodah Hashem. Because it's not so easy to change your heart and your soul. But it is easy. Action isn't within your capacity. Feeling is not within your capacity. Yeah, it's, it's similar to Mitach Shalashma. This is, there's a part of me that I can't control so much. There's a part of me that I could control. But through what I'm able to control, I can access what I have a more difficult time controlling. I can't feel excited about learning but I could act as if I am and using that trick to make myself more excited. Ah, oh. so says the stipler, what if I don't really have such uh, avas Hashem? So Hashem gave us a great opportunity. He gave us a mitzvah you don't have to do. And when I then go to the Mishkan and I donate gold to the Mishkan, I, the way my mind works is, you know, I don't have to be doing this. Uh, why am I doing it? I'm doing it as, because I love Hashem, I want to do more than I have to do. So that will wake in my heart and I'll start to feel Avas Hashem. You hear, Mayor? You want to explain the concept? When you do an action that you don't have to do, it wakes up your heart and to, uh, for something that you start to feel that way. So says the stipler, let's say a person is not, is having a difficult time feeling a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. by bringing a carbon nadava, a carbon that you don't have to bring, a person begins to feel, you know what, I'm being moisar nefesh, I'm going above and beyond. That will stir within you uh, a feeling of genuine avas Hashem. Now, the stipler writes, there are many different avenues and many different aspects of Avodah Hashem that a person could go above and beyond the requirement and that will awaken within them 
Avas Hashem. For example, let's say somebody toils and goes beyond the bar in Yegiyas HaToyra. It will stir them with Avas Hashem. Somebody who davens with extra Mesiras Nefesh, it will stir them in Avas Hashem. Somebody who gives extra tzedakah, it will stir them in Avas Hashem. Someone who's medaktik in halacha, more than the requirement, it will stir them in Avas Hashem. Someone who's mezakeh the rabbim, more than the requirement. Everybody in their arena, in their, in their ability, could go above and beyond, not because you have to, Hashem left us opportunities of things you don't have to do so that when you do them, it awakens you in you, Avas Hashem. So I would, and by the way, the stipler says that's why in general, Gerim and Bali Tshuva actually have, in a sense, a higher madriga of Avas Hashem than FFBs. Because in their mind, they don't have to be doing this. Why are they doing it? They're doing it out of a feeling of love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So even once they convert, or once they become Baal Tshuva, they're obligated, but in their mind, they're always doing it because, uh, in, a, in a manner of something that they're not obligated to do. They're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Okay, so this is a very important aspect of Bein Azmanim. If this man would be the whole year, then you always have to learn. And you always have to learn, you're just executing your responsibilities. So therefore we have time off. And technically speaking, the yeshiva is not requiring you to learn. And now you have the opportunity to say, you know what, I don't have to learn today. I could just do whatever I want. And I'm going to, on my own accord, out of the generosity of my heart, spend time in Limad Torah so that will stir within you, Avas Hashem, that the regular Zman Kanat. In other words, the idea of Bein Azmanim is that now you could learn when you don't have to learn. And actually learning when you don't have to learn has a bigger influence on you than learning when you have to learn. That's the idea, a idea of Bein Azmanim. Where you have the opportunity to learn when you don't have to learn. Now, what should a person learn during Bein Azmanim? You should, okay, so this is also very important. During this man, they impose on you what to learn. During this man, they say, okay, learn, Mesechta, what are you guys learning? Yavamas. Yeah, everyone learning Yavamas here? So they tell you what you have to learn. Now, there's a concept in Shas, Ein Adam Loimed Ela Mashali Baychafiz. A person can only learn what they want to learn. So during this man, you don't always have the opportunity to learn what you want to learn. It's being imposed on you. Bein Azmanim, you know what you should learn? You should figure out what you're interested in. You like to learn Bikiyas? You should learn Bikiyas. You like to learn Navi? You should learn Navi. You like to learn Mishnayas? You should learn Mishnayas. But everybody has to try to think, you know, what interests me? What part of Limad Torah is I feel a connection to? I feel that it really piques my curiosity, it gets me excited. And that's what a person should learn. And what, once a person finds something in Limit Torah that really excites them, from there, you know, because let's say when a person's young, they say, you know, the learning, it's not so interesting, it's not that exciting, it's not that, uh, it doesn't grab me. So Ben Azmanim is the opportunity 
where you try to identify something. Even that's why I think I'm a, I'm a big believer. You should have five minutes to die. Mayor. Hi, hello. I'm a very big believer. You should have five minutes to die. What's a five minute say there? Let's say a person says, I have, let's say, five hours ahead of me. I say, nah, I'm, never, I'm not going to learn for five hours. But five minutes, anybody can learn. So if you take five minutes of your time, and you say, for the next five minutes, I'm going to learn something that I'm interested in. So that cheshek and that avasatar that you have during that five minutes, that will spill over to other areas of learning. So the idea of Bein Azmarim, number one, it's to have an opportunity to do something that you don't have to do and that will come Benediva Salev. Number two, it's an opportunity to learn Mashaliboy Chafez. Now let's talk about um, another important topic. Let's talk about uh, the following phenomenon. Sometimes you go to yeshiva and you have people who are very bright and their learning comes very easy. And you have people who it's very difficult for them to learn. And sometimes a person feels that other people have an unfair advantage or they have a disadvantage. So let me tell you uh, something very important. I've been around the block a little bit and... At the end of the day, the most, the brightest and the smartest and the most intelligent are not in the long run, always, or even in most cases, the ones who are most successful in Limar Actually, very often, people who had a very difficult time learning, in the end of the day, and I'm not saying after one week or after one month, but I'm talking about after a long time, are the ones that are most successful. There are many, many accounts of people who had extremely difficult time in Lima Natayra and through Yigiyah, through hard work, and especially through Tefillah, where Zoycha, to be extremely successful in Lima Natayra. So the first thing is, nobody could ever rely on their own intelligence. Nobody could ever think, well, I'm extremely smart, I'm very bright, so therefore, I will naturally be successful in Limerat Torah. That is true by every other discipline. When it comes to mathematics, when it comes to science, when it comes to any other discipline, it is 99% dependent on a person's intelligence. By Limerat Torah, even though it seems that it's mostly dependent on a person's intelligence, it's minimally dependent on a person's intelligence. It's dependent on Yegiyah Satayra, on Tefillah, and on Siyata Dishmaya. There are many, many G'dayla Yisrael. It's brought down the Sefer Shashal's HaKabbalah, Rav Menachem Rikanti, one of the early Mikubalim. He was Oyev HaTorah, he loved Torah, but he was Gas HaSechel. He was not bright at all. And he fasted, and he prayed, and his heart expanded, and he was able to understand. And one time he was davening in the shul, and he fell asleep, and a man came and he, he had a pail of water and he woke him up and he said, drink! And he drank! And the man disappeared. And all of a sudden, his seichel was c- cleared up. 
I don't know what was in that potion. And don't expect to fall asleep in the shul and somebody to bring you some kind of water that will all of a sudden wake up, um, open up your mind. But there are many stories. Uh, he brings over here from uh, the Stifler writes in the Chaye Oilam that the author, the Chod HaMeshulash, which is by Agfilach Sam Soifer, spoke about um, um, a Talmud that Rabbi Shimon Soifer reported about, that a 17 or 18-year-old boy came to the Sam Soifer and he said he wants to join the uh, yeshiva in the Pressburg. And the Bacharam heard and they laughed at the kid. This kid couldn't read... Uh, couldn't read Ashrei forwards. And the Chassam Soifer screamed at them. He said, anybody who wants to learn could come and learn. And the boy came. And he had a very, very difficult time. Somebody taught him a Mishnah a hundred times. He still couldn't remember. But he kept at it. And Uberoyv Hayamim, he was Matzliach in his learning. He became the Paisek of Matasdorf. And then he became the Rav of the city of Shalanig. And then he became the Avbezin of Naimetz, and he, was, he became one of the Gedoyle Hadar. Similarly, they say um, about Maram Shik that because of his uh, tremendous Amelos, that he was Zoichet to become uh, a great God of Israel. The Chazoynish writes that Harbe Migdoyle Oilam, Hischilu Limudam, Bimei Bachurasam, Behaskama Aza. Most of the time it comes from a great persistence. Not from intelligence, but from great diligence. The Matimosha writes, Matimosha was soon to the Marshal, that a person should never say, how could I learn? I don't have the Bina, I don't have the Das, I don't have the Lave. Because uh, the Matimosha says that there are many things in life a person will see that all of a sudden they're, they're very expert in and they're brilliant in. And from there a person should say, the same way I'm able to do A, if I'm mispalel and if I'm diligent, I'll be able to be successful in Limanat Torah. Says Rameer Karelitz, how did my brother Chazoynish become the Chazoynish? We know the great brilliance of the Chazanesh. He was mechavin ma'oid in Shemona Esrei in the bracha of Atachene. Rabbi Yeshua Heller writes in the Divrei Yeshua that when a person is mispalel for anything in Ruchnias that is very dear to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and is very quick to be accepted, my Rabbi, so now let's talk about a certain minhag that sometimes we find in the Olam HaYeshivas. And of course, uh, we have to be very careful when we talk about the Bachram and the Yeshivas. The Medrash tells us, Al tigu b'meshichai uvin al tareyu. That chas v'shalom to criticize b'nei Torah, b'nei Yeshiva, because they're the anointed ones of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But for uh, you, B'nai Torah, who are here today, it's, uh, I believe, very important to uh, think about this. There is such a custom among some B'nai Yeshiva, B'nai Torah. They have a certain practice that has replaced 
the age-old practice of smoking their noyeg to vape. You ever hear about such a thing? Not in our yeshivas, of course, but in maybe some other yeshivas. There's a practice of vaping. Vaping. You know those aerosol things that you plug into the into the wall? What are they called? Scentified? So, so imagine how crazy somebody would be if you saw them lying on the phone in, with their mouth on it. And as the smoke is coming out, the perfume is going into their lungs. So you would think they would have to be institutionalized. So it's, um, we could extrapolate, you know, um, the practice of smoking. Even though, you know, people say, yeah, they used to think it was very, very healthy. Maybe some people thought that. I mean, in the Sefer, Zohar Lemuriam of the Chavetz Chaim, that was written more than a hundred years ago, Chavetz Chaim already writes, Ishun hasigarin v'hapapirasen armazikim laguf and their oid garmin hezek l'neshmasai. So Chavetz Chaim already writes that it's unhealthy to smoke. If somebody would, uh, I mean, Rav Miller would say that anybody who smokes should not be considered for a shidduch. The first question, a perspective father wants to ask on a boy about a boy is does he smoke if he smokes then you he should not be considered for a shidduch b'shum oifen upanim that should be the first thing that you ask does the kid smoke if he smokes he's a fool if he's a fool he cannot be considered for a shidduch but what about vaping now i tell my kids all the time then sabatka they would say that worse than being a russia is being a fool. So you could ask on that. But Chazal say, better to be called a fool than to be called a Russia. So how could they say in Slavodka, it's better to be called, um, better to be a Russia than to be a fool. But Chazal say just the opposite. And the answer is very Pashat. It's better other people should call you a fool than to be a rush in the eyes of God. But it's worse if God calls you a fool than if God calls you a Russia. Now, why is it worse to be a fool than to be a Russia? The answer is, before you could be a Jew, you have to be a human being. And to be a human being, you need to act with Seicha. So, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Everybody knows today, smoking kills you, damages your heart, it damages your lungs, it damages, it literally damages your mind function. It severely mitigates the intellectual capacity of your, of your progeny. Somebody smokes, they're a shaita. What can we say? Might not be their fault. Maybe they fell into bad company when they were younger. But at least they should have the, the good sense not to have done that. And uh, everybody understands to consider somebody who smokes for a shidduch is just uh, insane. So let's talk about vaping. Is it permitted to vape? So I'm not a doctor, and I, uh, from the limited research that I did, I don't know how much conclusive evidence there is about the effects of vaping. One thing is for sure, there are ailments that are di- directly triggered through vaping. I mean, it's, not, it's better than smoking, whether it's 90% better or 95%, I think they give a, a statistic, 95% better than smoking. <laughs> it's not right. It's 95%, 95% better than jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge is jumping off um, 
is the, the Statue of Liberty, right? It's 95% better to jump off the Statue of Liberty than to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge. Or it's 95% better to jump off the Statue of Liberty than from the Empire State Building. That really is very helpful. I mean, so there's not a lot of conclusive evidence. There are ailments that are triggered through vaping, something called popcorn lungs. Many cases of very terrible uh, depression have been triggered by vaping. Many cases of heart, terrible heart damage has been triggered by vaping. And many people have died vaping. So you want to know, is it halakhically permitted? It's irrelevant whether it's halakhically permitted. So, but, but God says, we have a halakhic principle, shoymer psoyim Hashem, God saves the fools. Yeah, God saves the fools. But for you to do something that renders you a fool is worse than doing something that renders you a rasha. Should a parent consider a kid who vapes for shaduchim? Stay away from him like the plague. Of course not. You got to be out of your mind to consider a kid who vapes for shaduchim. Nobody knows what it does to the lungs. Why would you? Forget about the halachic ramifications. That's probably the least of your concerns. Before you want to find out whether the person is shaymar halacha. You want to find if the person is a balseichel. As biti nosati lo ish hazeh. The guy has to be a human being. He has to be a balseichel. And if he's taking chemicals and he's having them being pumped into his lungs and coating his lungs with all kinds of chemicals that nobody knows. Well, there's lead in there. There are metals in there. There's tobacco in there. Nobody knows what it does to the lungs. No, the answer is no. If somebody finds out that the kid vapes, the kid should not be um, should not be considered for shaduchim. And if somebody needs to relax, let them go for a jog. They're harbe drachim to chill out, other than taking an electronic device that pumps poisonous chemicals inside your lungs. I mean, are you out of your mind? I mean, would anybody go over to an outlet, plug in a Centify, and the guy lying on the floor with his mouth on the Centify, with the smoke coming out of his ears because of that? Have a cup of coffee. My goodness. So, is it halachically mutter? It's worse to be a pessy than to, to violate whether it is or whether it's not. I mean, you, you can go, is it permitted for me to lie on the floor and have the Centify thing... Um, pump poisonous chemicals into my system. Is it worse to, to speak to eat shreif or is it worse to vape? You're right. Halachically, it's worse to eat shreif. But it's a bigger flaw in your being to be somebody who's looking for self-destructive behavior. Anyway, hope, I hope I don't get into trouble for this. I mean this with the utmost... Uh, Chashivas for B'nai Torah, and therefore, here's the, here's the thing. If other people want to vape, that's a halbatzara. But for a Ben Torah to do that, I mean, here's the question we always have to ask ourselves. If a prominent individual would see a Ben Torah, a Ben Yeshiva vaping, what would they think of him? Would they think that's smart, dignified practice? Or would they think it's just stupid? Question. Yeah, but yeah, but somebody, a dignified person, not a tzaddik, not a, a dignified person. 
If they would look at a Ben Torah, a Ben Yeshiva vaping, would they say, you know, that makes me respect those who study Torah, or they say, you know what, why are, why are they being so foolish? Would that increase their respect of B'nai Torah? No. If anything, it would it would lower, it would diminish the respect of B'nai Torah. Mesil Sisharm tells us about the Indian of Chilol Hashem. He says, Call Adam Lefi Madregasai. Everybody according to their Madrega. Lefi Mashu Nechsha Be'inei Hadar. And respected to what they are held in the eyes of the generation. Sarach Shei Yisboinen has to contemplate Levilti Aso Yisdavar Bilti Hagun Le'ishkomaitan. Not to do something inappropriate. Ki Kifi Rabbois Chashivusai V'chachmasai. The more important and wise someone is. So too he should increase his carefulness in his service of Hashem and in his behavior. Listen to these words of Masil Sasharm. Listen carefully. It brings honor to the Torah. That the more one learns in it, the more proper, courteous, the better his midos are, the more upright he is. If whatever is lacking in Derecheretz, in Tikkun Amidos, for those who learn a lot, is a disgrace for the Torah. And that's a Chil Hashem. Here's the bottom line. If you're in a yeshiva, and you spend your time learning Torah, or if you're a Chashva Balabas and you're Kaveya Itim La Torah, so you are an ambassador. Who are you an ambassador on behalf? You are an ambassador on behalf of the Torah. So therefore you represent the Torah. And therefore your behavior either lends more credibility to the Torah or it diminishes honor from the Torah. And the more a person learns, the more their conduct and their behavior and the way they speak and the way they dress has to be immaculate, has to be flawless, has to be something that brings honor to them because they represent the Torah Akdesha. Do you think it brings the Torah honor when people see that you are, pu- you are pumping smoke of chemicals into your internal vital organs. Does that bring honor to the Torah? Or do people say, ah, oh, yeah, you see, you, you see, you see what B'nai Yeshiva do? Therefore, it is a choiv gomor for a ben Torah to make sure that all of his conduct and all of his behavior is kuloy oimer kavoid, bespeaks honor to the Torah. Who is the greater ambassador for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, more than people who spend their time learning? And therefore, B'nai Torah have to make sure they're always dressed properly, they're always neat, they're well-groomed, that they're proper, right? We, we know that, that uh, an ambassador or a politician always has to look good because they're representative of the party that, uh, that they work for. So B'nai Torah represent the most important party in the world. They represent the Torah. They represent HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, all of their actions have to be with Seichel. All their actions have to be in a way when people look at them and they say, wow, what a Kiddush Hashem.
So my Rabbi say a few things. Let's review. The purpose of Dein Azmanim is an opportunity to learn when you don't have to learn. And this way, it's a way of being Koina Abbas Hashem. Dein Azmanim is an opportunity to learn subjects that you enjoy learning. And this way, it, it engenders Cheshach HaToyra. We learned about, in general, it's good to pause and understand that uh, yeshiva or limerat Torah in one's life, it's not a uh, 20-yard dash. It's a long marathon. And through amelos, through yegiyah, and through tefillah, a person will ultimately be successful. I just had this chus to... Um, we had somebody that came in for a siyam, and they had severe uh, learning disability, and they were zeichah to uh, finish in time and to know it very well. Just through ame- great amilos. So many G'dayla Yisrael did not start off with the capacity, but Limanat Torah works differently than any other subject. And in general, a person, especially Ben Azmanim, has to make sure that their conduct and their hanhaga is reflective of the tiferes that the Torah should bring to those who study it. Thank <laughs> you.